Yippee Kaye to the Lens fans. This week on your favorite movie podcast, we cowboys will get into the Christmas spirit and talk about one of the most beloved action franchises of the silver screen, of the silver screen's history, in fact. Die Hard. I think some people say that. I bet Alex would say that. We'll be talking about the impact of the movie that, that it had, uh, what was good about it, and of course, if it is a Christmas movie. And I'm sure Alex has a lot to say about that one. But first, we have to go over our favorite part of the show, that being the news, and boy, do we have a lot of it today. Take it away, Alex. Is it our favorite part of the show? I don't know if I would describe I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It leads to some fun debates that we would otherwise not have due to our rather structured uh, one movie or two movies an episode or one particular series. But yes, a lot of news today, as Davis mentioned. Apparently, all movie studios decided to release a bunch of stuff during our break. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, minutes after the episode, there was the Halo trailer. I haven't uh, seen that. Uh, well, it wasn't much, but we'll get to that in a moment. But, of course, the biggest and best, and I have a funny story that relates to this what I can share in a moment, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer released. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one yet, I would say. Davis, what are your thoughts? What are your theories? Tell us what you were thinking after watching this trailer. I'm very excited for the movie. It's the most excited I've been. This is the only Marvel movie I care about at the moment. I don't really care about any of the other ones that have come out, any of the shows. Don't really care anymore. This is the only thing I have my eyes set for. It's Spider Monday today. Buy your tickets. I'm planning on buying them later today. I bought them already today, which reminds me of something that I'll share this brief anecdote. I, uh, I recently had an appointment in getting my wisdom teeth taken out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I'm getting my wisdom teeth taken out on December 16th, mm-hmm. which is the day Spider-Man No Way Home releases. Mm-hmm. And I had made plans with my friend Corinne to see it opening night for weeks and weeks in advance. So now I will be attempting to somehow recover within six hours after getting all of my teeth yanked out of my face. Good luck with that. And make it to the theater for the 7 p.m. showing at the AMC on Jubilee Square at uh, Daphne. I don't know how I'm going to survive, but hey, poor planning. We'll have to see. <laughs> Poor planning. But, well, yeah, what, were, what was um, – there's a lot of big theories about this. this. Is Of course, as you were telling me, the Brazil trailer, I think, mm. right, the trailer we see in Brazil, went for a second too long and showed the lizard getting punched in the face. What does by that nothing. mean, Davis? Well, it means that he got punched by something. Either that there was an invisible wall there. Some people said it was Doctor Strange. It's like put it – it's not. It's Spider-Man's punching him, and it's they're not even really hiding it anymore. You can see they, there was a – like a – what's that that dog box thing? Like the wow box? The, no idea what you The chewy about. box or whatever. Like You know like those – like the boxes you can order, they get – you get a new one every month? No idea what you're talking about. Just in general, the the oh yes, the yes, business yes. venture where you yes. order a box yes. and it gives you something. There's one for like dog treats and dog yeah. toys. Yeah, my mom has like a bird box one. It's like fun, like stuff like that. Yes. And there's a, there was a for the dog one. There's like a, a like a collaboration with Marvel, and you can see Sam uh, Tobey Maguire's face, Spider Man face on it. Like really? it's, it's official. It's an uh, official oh. thing. And it's like you can kind of see it in the corner. So like, away yet again. they're not really hiding it anymore. Uh, and San, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland been hanging out a lot. They've been in the same places. Uh, Tobey Maguire. I mean, it's basically confirmed at this point. But I'm glad they haven't actually released it officially. And I will say, if 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 it were not the case, they'd be in trouble due to the end of the trailer where they're coming through. Doctor Strange says they're coming through, and I can't. There's nothing I can do to stop them. Which is obviously a tease at something else we haven't seen, except the fact that we've already got Doc Ock. I think it's going to be Spider-Man. Electro. No, it ha- and Sam, it has to be. If it's not, that's just going to be bad PR, like legitimately. I mean, I, I don't know any any other way to say it other than that. I mean, like, how do you how do you have that obvious tease and go, actually, what if it's just the people we already saw earlier? Not to mention, what do you think about the Mary Jane uh, falling down the building de- and seeing the parallels to the Gwen Stacy I think it's going to be Andrew Garfield's the one that saves him, not Tom really? Holland. Really? Really? There's been the thing people have been looking at the hand, reaching out for 
Mary Jane, and they say it's not Tom Holland's mm. Spider-Man hand, mm. and they say it's Andrew Garfield's. But I, I'd like I don't not to burst your bubble, people. But unless he's wearing the first suit from Amazing Spider-Man one, it is not Andrew Garfield's hand. Unless he has a new suit. Interesting. Interesting. Could be a new suit because the Andrew Garfield Spider Amazing Spider-Man two. It's his whole his inside hand is red. Ah, interesting. It's the interesting. Webbed red. But I would. Davis I, has seen the. De- Davis is reading into the details on this. one. Inside sources said that Andrew Garfield is going to be the one to save her as like a redemption arc, and he's going to be I like, like it. I couldn't save my 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 girl, but I can save your. I like, I like it. He's not going to say that, but you know. Yeah, but an essential inside sources, inside which sources. I'm not. I'm not big on trusting inside every inside source I hear from because it's just some dude on Instagram. As Davis said earlier, just being doing yes. that. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I will say. Maybe this is a bit nitpicky. Did not like the uh, joke about uh, "haha." Otto Octavius is a funny name. We oh, already, we already knew, we already know that. Like it was, it like the the joke in Spider-Man Two is uh, J. Jonah James says a guy named Otto Octavius winds up with eight limbs. Wow, and that's just it. It's not a <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Octopus. Exactly, like that. That's the gimmick, but it's not just "haha." It like the, I don't like that joke because it's obviously a funny name. You know what I mean? Like there's no there's no bit there with the group laughing, saying, "Ah, oh, look at this funny joke we inserted." Like it's obviously a funny Scooby-Doo name. joke. That don't even a reference to the Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts. The Scooby Doo joke is a- is exponentially worse in my opinion. It's really it's a reference. It's a stupid and Scooby-Doo reference. Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts. They have to put all the ghosts back in the box. It's a stupid reference. He has Scooby- a box. Scooby Doo. This st- no, no. It's a, it's a ridiculous reference. I, I think it's classic Marvel. Josh Whedon was in the writing room for that one. I didn't like it at all. Oh, I didn't either. I, I didn't like it at all. Not to mention again. We don't see a lot of indication that this Doctor Strange is the different from the Doctor Strange at the beginning. And they released a new TV spot where they talk about it more. If it's the same Doctor Strange, I got a problem with that. I know, you know, I don't want to be that guy, right? Because, you know, I, I, I've, I'm mildly critical of fans who die on the hill of comic accuracy, right? They're like, how dare the suit look different than this one comic book I read back in 1983, dang it. And I, I, don't, I don't like that. But I feel like this just, oh, yeah, I'll do the spell. Oh, you you coughed. That messed up the whole spell. Guess the fragment of our reality is at stake. Seems kind of stupid and anti to the character. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be that nitpicky guy, but I can't help it because I really like that character up until this point. And right now, that kind of ruins his entire character for me. What do you think about that? Uh... Uh, I'm not convinced it's him, but speaking of the TV spots, like you said, have yes. you seen all of them? I saw two. Two of them. Is well, there, there was one... There was the... Like, it just kind of... Each of them kind of gave a little bit more footage. The biggest one to me that I, I can actually really remember was the Dr. Octopus one where you see more footage of the initial fight between him and Peter. And he's like, oh, hello, Peter. And it's like, you're not Peter. So it's obviously alluding that he's not the – it's not going to be like, oh, I just took over Tom McGuire's body. I am, like, I am glad the that that theory that we discussed is untrue because I would have hated that. And then there was also Doctor Strange asking, is this your is this your Peter Parker? He's like, no, it's not. Yes. So it's obvious, like, Tom McGuire exists Indeed. to this Doctor Octopus, and I am 100% positive we are going to see him, not only because of that, because of all the leaks I've seen. Not to mention – um, a theory I've seen going around is, is Otto Octavius going to be joining the good side in this yes, film? Yes, I think he is, because you see him fighting Electro. And I, I, really? Oh, yeah, When he do. falls out of the building, he's getting shot at by right. electricity. And you see him also get the upgrades to his uh, to his arms with what appears to be the Tony Stark nanotech, mm-hmm. which, of course, he could theoretically steal it, right? But it almost would be easier. Plus, that whole conversation in that cave, I don't feel like you'd have your villain within the grasp and just talk to them and make fun of his name. Yeah. That doesn't seem very logical Well, it, it also, like... 
after the only reason I can see Doctor Octopus fighting Peter is because Peter has to kill him. True. That's yes. the only reason. But yes. I, I feel like Doctor Octopus would be like, we could find a way I, that you don't have to kill me. I would agree with, with that. Him. And I think everybody else is saying, you know, Electro never died with a redemption arc, you're, right? You also Goblin never did either. You'd also, Sandman's a little dicey, but you don't see Doctor Octopus fighting when they're all jumping. True. You don't see true. him you, with you the do others. That is, that is a very good point. That that is a very good point. Then again, that he could be off fighting Doctor Strange one on one. You don't know. We, we uh, I, but he I, get, he I, get trounced I, by Doctor Strange. I am of the theory that he is. Doctor Strange is going to get Professor X pretty because, early on in this because. I mean, I just have him the theory of that because, again, he's the, he was the one villain to have that redemption arc. Now, the same man's a little dicey because, you know, why he had that sort of semi Maybe to get back to his daughter or something. True, I it's going to be. True. He the lizard, the lizard's in the explanation. If it goes with the Amazing Spider-Man movies, it's, you know, the, like, the serum basically corrupts his mind. That's the classic theory. The Goblin's the same way. Also, did you see they released a new poster with a photo of Green Goblin's new suit, actually? I have not. Ooh, I have. Up, pull, pull I do that know up what right the new now. suit looks like. It's it's in the background and it's not just painted blue and shrunk down like previous Spider-Man posters. I recommend pulling that up, Davis, if you can. Uh, but I will. I just want to say, don't expect to see much fighting from Doctor Strange in this. Why is Doctor Strange fighting? Because he's so dominant, they have to perfect their axiom. They have to get him out of the way. True. They'll be like, oh, I have a headache. I can't fight. That's a good point. That's a, that's a good point. That term, obviously, coming from the X Men movies, where they're just like, "Oh, Professor X, you know, he has a tummy, tummy ache in this one, so he can't <laughs> he can't kill everybody in one foul swoop." Yeah, I, that's a, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Do you see it now? Is this official? This doesn't look very official Let me, to me. Show me, show me it to me. Yeah, that that's an official one. Yeah. Again, they don't look official because their posters are traditionally this poster's pretty bad. better than the other ones, but this one's pretty bad. They're not good. They just aren't. It's I like Electro in this one. It's the only one I like. I see the I see the lizard back there. What do you think of the lizard not having his face changed? Uh, I'm I'm intrigued by that strictly because you changed Electro, so it's not like there are rules. I don't think they can really change. They don't have a reason in universe to change the lizard. But given, what's the reason in universe to change Electro? He's getting the arc reactor. You can see it on his chest. So, but how does he go from being? I so think, is this I think it's like the arc reactor's like harnessing all his blue energy. Is my guess and turning it into yellow. I don't know, Alex. I haven't seen the no, movie. No, but, the, but the, 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 that, that, my, that's that, my point. But the point is obviously, what... it's obviously has to do with the arc reactor because he's wearing it. If you look at the photos of him up close, it's on his True. chest, but and then... you see, and you see in the in the thing where Peter has the black suit on, which is apparently his suit inside out, which is hmm. interesting. Interesting. Uh, you can see Electro in the back with blue lightning, so that's like when he's probably getting changed. I mean, yeah, maybe that that makes sense. But again, I mean, Green Goblin it was dead. Doc Ock is dead, so either they get one from a different universe, as we've had a theory before. It's just a different version of that character from another, you know, multiverse, because that's the whole point of the mm -hmm. multiverse, right? But if that's the case, why don't you get a different version of the lizard that looks different? If you can get a different one that, who's alive, that'd be too much. That'd be too confusing for people. I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't think it'd be an issue, but I don't. I never really had a problem with how the lizard looked I do. in general. It looks stupid. It, it was a little strange, but I never really had. It looks too like, of an like issue that with little it. dinosaur in the old YouTube video was like. And it's the, yes, I yeah. I know that yeah, I know, know you video. love those. I, they're, they're they're a little funny. What can I say? Eh, they were funny um, ten years ago. I don't know about that one now. I don't know about that one. Which also, uh, in regards to news with this, there were some rumors throughout the week that Tom Holland was done with the MCU and with Spider Man. He was going to carry on I, the next generation. But Amy Pascal, one of the producers with Sony, said this. People have said it confirms a second MCU trilogy with Tom Holland. It seems very iffy. She said, quote, we are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. We're thinking of this as three films, and now we're going to 
go on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. So that seems to indicate that he will be back. I think what he's doing is just a ploy to get more money. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. Because, I mean, like, I think they're going to bring Miles Morales eventually. And I do see, I would, if I were Tom Holland, I wouldn't want to do this for the rest of my life. Because he can act, believe it or not. At, Chaos Walking is not the only indication of his acting ability. He, he can actually act. He was in that movie, The Impossible. Raspberry Straw, what's it called? Uh, Cherry. Cherry. And he was in The Impossible as a child. That was a great movie. Really, really amazing. He's movie. able to, and I'm sure he'd like to do other things besides Spider-Man. And they're going to bring Miles Morales eventually. But I think this is just a ploy to, to get him a bigger paycheck, because he is the face of the MCU for this next phase. Yes, yes, he is. Um, but any final thoughts on this Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, the release, the poster, the upcoming... Uh, who will you be seeing this movie with, Davis? I believe I'll be seeing it with a uh, friend of the show, Chris Tobias. Ah. It is going to be his last week in Auburn. Wow. So you're staying here through that time? Yeah, oh, I nice. believe so. Solid. Very mm-hmm. solid. Yeah. Of course, we'll be doing a, a movie, uh, or a war movie. Excuse- Obviously, a movie. Yeah, movie, a war, a movie, pod, a movie um, podcast. A war movie episode next week with Chris. Very, very excited for that one and looking forward to that. He's that'll going be, away, President. Exactly. As he graduates, uh, that'll be our last episode of the semester. But, of course, today we're doing Christmas-themed. I, I However, would like to say that it would it would have made more sense to do the Christmas episode, which is this one, next week. Well, yeah, and it would have made more sense to have it all planned out, but I, I didn't— I thought we did. <laughs> I, 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 I thought you— I thought you had this plan, you're like, okay, we're going to do the Christmas. I don't know. No, I don't no, know no. I, I was always under the impression that we were doing Dire at first because we'd already promoted that one and then doing well, the there one you go. last. But, you know, it, it a little miscommunication. But I don't, I don't think the fans at home I don't think okay. will we'll, we'll care too much. But now I say we move on to the rest of our news unless there's any final thoughts on Spider-Man from you, Davis. I could talk about it for an hour, so let's it not. It will be the episode. We'll be coming back, though, won't it? Our mm-hmm. first episode back. With the spring semester, we'll be on it because we'll talk about the Tom Holland Our third films. Spider-Man episode. And then we'll, I think we'll end that episode with ranking all three of the Spider-Men because I don't think a full episode is deserved for that, much like it was for, or unlike how it was for Star Wars. Now, speaking of Star Wars, actually, this is a very unintentionally smooth mm-hmm. transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another teaser trailer was released for Bo- the book of Boba Fett as well as a poster. And the show will drop on Disney Plus on December 29th with seven episodes. Davis, I know you're not too excited for this one. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care. I'm Are looking you, up the you poster got Star, right now. Star Wars fatigue. The posters look look colorful. I got Disney fatigue. I'm tired Di- of Disney fatigue. That's everything fair. they're doing. Uh, everything. That's. I don't know about that one. And I, it's a boring poster. I, yeah, it is. The posters not leave much to be desired in terms of creativity. I'll I say like that. the one where you sit in the chair a little bit more. Yeah, I like that one too. But that was, of course, the ending shot of the Mandalorian season two. Spoiler alert. That's what promoted Book of Boba Fett. I, I'm excited for it just because I like. I like the. I like The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett delving more into the Star Wars lore than the movies just sort of covering the surface. And the movies dealing with more stuff like, hey, there's all these great characters in the background, but also Palpatine somehow returned? And it's like, bro, no. I like these shows going he, he more returned into in Fortnite. things like Thrawn and Ahsoka and stuff like that. They explained how he came back. It was in Fortnite. I don't want to. I, you heard his laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I'll watch it because I, I don't really, I don't think I have Disney Plus. I think I have my friend's Disney Plus, which is similar to everybody has, but I, I think I'll, my I'll, parents I'll, Disney I'll Plus. try. I have your Paramount Plus. Ah, there you go. That there I don't go. use. Well, I mean, you know, you when in doubt, you can always find the Wolf of Wall Street's on there, I think. Is it really? Yeah, I think well, so. I guess I'll be using your there, Paramount there Plus. There you go. Then. There you go. Um, anyway, moving on. A lot of first looks over the past two weeks. A first look at the Elvis biopic starring Austin Butler, set to release in June of 2022, and also stars Tom Hanks and Dakri Montgomery. It was a trailer, and Austin Butler, I think he dyed his hair black like a year ago, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's, he's playing Elvis. So that, uh, and I'm looking it up right now as well to get a bit more information on it. It looks like it's just going to be called 
Elvis. It'll be a drama slash musical. On Google, it has a picture of Bob Dylan as the cover. Really? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Like, it's obviously not. There's no cover for it yet. It but does. It's just a picture it does. of Bob Dylan. And it's uh, directed by Baz Luhrmann. And for those of you not familiar with his work, he has worked on films such as Romeo and Juliet and The Great Gatsby. As and I clicked on the Elvis thing, and that's a picture of Timothy Chalamet. Oh dear. Well, he's Is not he in playing it. Bob Dylan. No, no, no. What the? I, world? I don't know what's happening. I'm looking at the cast right now. Austin Butler, as I mentioned, playing Kelvin Elvis. Harris is, Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s in it. He's a good really? actor. Ah, oh, there you go. And Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. I'm not know. I'm kind of. I'm. You talk about fatigue. The movie bio or the musician biopic has got me fatigued right now, Davis. I'm sure my mom will like this. She's a big Elvis fan, but yeah, I don't care about movie bio. I don't, biopics in general are getting pretty worn down on me. Especially because like some of them like just have straight up changed the story. Like, you, yeah, did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? Uh, I've watched a video about how bad the editing is in it. Oh, well, I didn't even notice that. I was more focused on the fact that the plot just completely changed. I've like, also watched in the a movie, about In that. the movie, they break up for like a three-year period. That never happened. They had to, Manufactured they had to drama. drama's annoying. I don't like manufactured drama. Just tell the story. The only biopic I'm kind of interested in is the Jamie Foxx, Mike Tyson one. Ooh, yes, yes. Okay, that one I, I like am. Jamie Foxx. Biopics, I think, are an interesting way for people such as myself and our generation who are not going to read the 500-page books on these people to learn the history of these amazing people. We all know Queen's music. We may not know Queen's story. You know, Not everybody knew you know, how important some of the – like how – difficult Freddie Mercury's last few years was because of what happened because when he got diagnosed with AIDS nobody like people didn't really know that as much as much as you heard the music and the movie sort of misconstrued that to coordinate it with the live eight performance when it wasn't and that annoyed me and other biopics have done similar things and I think this is a great opportunity for us to learn things about these stars and these people but they've kind of been you know thrown to the wayside for the sake of manufactured drama, and I'm kind of tired of it. So maybe I'll see this movie, but honestly, I will not go to the theaters to see it. I don't know about you, Davis. But you said you were tired of the biopics themselves. Yeah, there's not many biopics I'd go see. Fair enough. The Mike Tyson one, though, I think will be very cool. And going on to the next of the many teaser trailers, a very short teaser for the Halo TV series, which we'll be releasing on Davis Paramount+. Plus. So there you go. Too bad I don't want to watch it. What? Why not? Not a Halo guy? Oh, no, I love Halo. Ah. Halo's the first game I ever played. Wow. That's what got me to love video games. There you go. I mean, it got a lot of people. Maybe not. I mean, like, I guess love. It's a classic. But I'm not, like, sitting inside all day playing it. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I used to play it on my dad's original Xbox, Combat Evolved, all the time. A classic, a classic. But the one if you want to see it. Yes. Halo Halo doesn't have a good track record of the going in live action. I don't know. It has Ford Unto Dawn is the movie that Master Chief's barely in, and it's okay. But other than that, I mean, like, it's not terrible, but, like, I don't know. Well, in this trailer, they just showed Master Chief putting on his suit, so he seems to be the focal point. They just, they're will, just milking Master Chief. It will release sometimes in 2022. Look, I'm a sucker for the Halo lore. I love the game. I love all the background. I love everything about those games, except for the ones that came after Halo 4, essentially, because Halo 5 is awful. Halo but Infinite looks pretty good It so does. Far. According according to uh, my, my brother's play, he says it's really awesome. It's a very step up. I'm cautiously optimistic, but... I don't I have an Xbox, it. so I can't ah, play that's, it. And that's that's very unfortunate for you. But it'll be released in sometime in 2022. I'll be watching. PlayStation Nation. I'll be looking out for a new trailer as well. So uh, video game movies are starting to come back as well, it that's seems true. like. It's, it's like true. the got- 2000s all over again. Biopics, video game movies, a ton of sequels. Superheroes? Superheroes. 
Yeah. It's just a lot, like, lot, of, lot of nonsense. I mean, I'm sure you could be like, well, actually, 2005 had the same thing, too. I'm like, yeah, I know. But that, that, that's why I'm referencing the early 2000s in general. Yeah, it's, it's certainly. had it, too. Yeah, I it's know. It's getting, yeah. And I honestly, I'm kind of tired of most of these style of movies. But, you know, which actually, that moves on to a movie that is very much, uh, transitions are so easy. Very much going against the grain. Don't look up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie starring, which stars, I'll just go down the cast a bit. Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, mm-hmm. Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Kate Blanchett, and Meryl Streep. This film will release on December 10th on Netflix. It is directed by Adam McKay. Who I just want to say, if you want to use the phrase Oscar bait, this is a movie that I feel like I'm more willing to say it. True, but I'm looking forward to this movie. They oh, just I am too. They just released their second trailer. Essentially, the movie is a criticism of... The news media and the government, which is very much Adam McKay's style. The Big Short was a criticism of everybody who totally messed up the financial crisis of 2008. And Vice is just, hey, guys, Dick Cheney was really bad. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. Christian Bale is very bad. Christian Bale carries that movie, in my opinion. It kind of loses a bit of its luster in the fact that its delivery feels a bit off. I don't know. It's kind of it kind of plays some moments for laugh. Where I'm like, why don't we just acknowledge the fact that he was an awful dude and move on? There's no need to not to get political, but Dick Cheney's not a good guy. No, 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 no disrespect. Like, either side of the aisle, you can't. I don't feel like you can say he's a good. No guy disrespect. With a no disrespect whatsoever. Uh, but he was not exactly a very good dude. A master pol- political manipulator. Honestly, probably one That's of the best. You should check if you, you check out that movie if you're interested. If, if, if you're fascinated well. by pol- by politics, he's probably one of the greatest politicians. In terms of skill as a politician, mm, I, don't, I don't even say he's very skilled. He was just kind of going for ha- power. You have to be, t- but I mean, I he, mean, yeah, he's skilled at manipulating, but not at the art of politics. I, he he won a lot. That's all I'll say. Okay, what, what I'm trying, what I'm trying to get across here is that here like we go for he, had, brief, brief discussion. he had no <laughs> idea what he was going like he his his like po- in the movie he doesn't even know what his party platform is. He just wants to get power. I mean, like, it's probably obviously hammed up, but in, I wouldn't put it past him. In them. terms of manipulating the system to gain things, he's probably one of the best. And that's not meant to be a compliment. I know, that's just I acknowledging know. the fact I don't that want, he I won. Don't, I just don't feel like giving him any superlatives. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I try to be neutral in regards to acknowledging a person's ability. They're still awful, make no mistake about it, but... Alex is, of, Alex is really centrious, and even he says oh Dick Cheney is terrible. Oh my gosh! Oh my! Don't be don't be turning this into that now, Davis. No, no, it's not. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm giving the people at home a perspective on this. It is a fascinating movie, and more importantly, it is an incredible performance by Christian yes. Bale. If Sam go- Rockwell played George W. Bush, he should not have got an Oscar nomination for best supporting. I would he was agree. Really in it. I would I, I would agree, but Christian Bale is in one of the most transformative performances ever. I but anyway, watch that again. I do That's too. That's a pretty funny movie. Uh, it is it has its moments. It has, it has, a, it has some goofy moments. It, speaking of goofy moments, we got Don't Look Up with Leonardo DiCaprio hyperventilating in the bathroom, which is hilarious. And then and then uh Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill hear about the asteroid. So basically this movie is about uh three astrologists learn that an asteroid is heading towards Earth. Not might. This is 100% certainty we'll make contact with Earth. And they try and tell the government, and the government doesn't care. They're trying to tell the world, and nobody seems to care. And that's sort of where their main issue is, is they go and tell the government, and Meryl Streep, the president, with her chief of staff, played by Jonah Hill, are like, why don't we sit back and assess? And Leo's like, Ass- assess what? It's it's going to hit Earth. And it's 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 in the same style as Vice. And for those who have seen The Big Short, The Big Short. I've not seen The Big Short. I really excellent film, excellent film. Great cast again. Big Short, the book, also written by Michael Lewis, who wrote, Moneyball. Ah, really? Did not know that. There you go, Davis, with the fun facts. But Adam McKay draws great cast. This is another example. Also releasing on Netflix December 10th. I'm so looking forward to it. 
I don't like not having movies in the theaters, but I do like the convenience of it sometimes. Because I'm a college student. I ain't got money. Sure. I can't go to the theaters all the time. I will go to see Dune, though, and Spider-Man, of course. But anyway, uh, very much looking forward to that movie. If you haven't seen the trailer, I'd, I'd recommend you go ahead and uh, see it. Now, Harry Potter and the Return to Hogwarts taking place on January 1st, 2020. It will celebrate the 20th oh anniversary of the film series. I'm unclear. It's unclear if this is going to be like the Friends-style reunion or if they're like in, in character. I don't know. Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, and many others will be there. J.K. Oh, Rowling okay. will not be there. <laughs> a lot of controversy surrounding that. Let's not even get into it at this I point. If you, if you want to know the controversy, go ahead and Google it yourself. It's a very extensive and long-winded discussion that we don't I don't care. Don't want to bog down the episode with for another upwards of twenty minutes. But I'm not sure what it's going to be like. I'm kind of excited. I thought, I I thought like, it was going to be another movie when he said the name of no, it. No, I, I don't know. Is, I don't know if it's going to be a movie or if it's going to be like a short in character. I don't know what it's, if it's going to be like Friends where they had that reunion. Yeah. Where they just talked. I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to. It. I like the I like the Harry Potter movies. I do. I'll admit. And it, uh, yeah, and that will be coming out on New Year's Day. Now, in what is, some are calling the greatest victory lap of all time. Randall Park will star in a workplace comedy series based on the last blockbuster, and the film will release on Netflix. That's cold, Netflix. Because, Netflix. because of course, ne- uh, Netflix said, hey, Blockbuster, would you like to buy us for like a million dollars in 2007? And Blockbuster said no, and then Netflix basically you know, ran them out of town. Here you so, go. The feature, Return to Hogwarts, will tell an, encha- quote, quote unquote, tell an enchanting making of story through all new in-depth interviews and cast conversations. Oh. So, so it's not a movie. Okay, well, thankfully. I I, th- I think I'm fine with that because I you know I like the movies, but I don't really remember the you know the craziness that surrounded that because it was a crazy time when those movies and books were coming out at the same time. People were lining outside stores hours in advance. People were driving book. by yelling out spoilers, making people cry. Really? You ever seen those videos? No, I haven't. Like spoiler alert for Harry Potter. Uh, I guess it came out but ten Death, years was, ago. I guess it was Deathly Hallows, the one before that. Yes. I haven't read all the way through. I read to like Goblet of Fire, and then I've like, not read the books myself at all. Actually, I got Goblet of Fire was so giant I couldn't finish it as a Fair kid. Enough. I was Fair in enough. like fourth grade, but like they, people would be lined outside Barnes and Nobles at like midnight for it because they'd like what they do is they'd set all the books on a table, like all the Harry Potter books, just on a table in the middle of the room, open the door, and people would go f- crazy for it. Yeah, it, but people would drive by and like roll down the window, and be like. Snape dies, and then you see like people crying. It was it was a cultural movement unlike anything we've ever seen, and never will see again. To be quite honest, but yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. That'd be cool, and it's gonna Mm -hmm. be on HBO Max. You can watch it anytime. I want to see that. I'll admit. And moving on now, we've got only five more things of news to go. We are 30 minutes in, nearly. Lot lot to discuss, including a brief political discussion previously. That wasn't even political. We just commented on a man's (laughs) personality. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Martin Scorsese will be directing a Grateful Dead biopic. Uh oh. But it, with Jonah Hill starring as Jerry Garcia. Again, I'm tired of biopics, but I like Scorsese and I like Jonah Hill. Maybe I'll see it, but not in theaters, in my opinion. But, you know, teach their own. And speaking of another biopic, Dave's, we got another on the, on the horizon. First trailer for Pam and Tommy, a, a, a TV series, not a, not a movie. The Hulu series will be released on February 2nd and stars Lily James as Pamela Anderson and Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee, the lead drummer and founding member of Motley Crue. Nick Offerman and Seth Rogen will also appear in the series. This this TV show will will follow Anderson and Lee, who met each other, knew each other for 96 hours, and then got married and had a turbulent three-year marriage that included a lot of chaotic things that took place. Watch the trailer. It looks kind of funny. And Lily James is unrecognizable as Pamela Anderson, truly some of the best... uh, costume and makeup that I've ever seen uh, in recent memory. So I'm kind of excited for it because I like the cast. And 
it feels like an Adam McKay movie, to be honest, but I don't really know anything about it. I know, you know, I guess the history of things that happened very recently is kind of ridiculous in terms of getting a whole TV series, but I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to just seeing exactly, you know, I like Sebastian Shane, I like Lily James, I like Nick Offerman and Seth Rogen, so I don't know. I'm, in, I'm mildly interested in it, and again, it's going to be on Hulu. You looking at pictures, Davis? Yeah, I was. I was. Did you find anything? Uh... Yeah, it looks like she looks like Pamela Anderson. Yeah, exactly. And it, but it's Lily James. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's another thing. And also, Delroy Lindo has been cast in Blade. I'm very excited for that. I Delroy, love Delroy Lindo, Lindo from Lindo. He's awesome. Defi- his big performance lately was in Defy Bloods, if I'm not mistaken. Have you seen that? I've actually not yet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'll admit. I'll it's very admit. long. I know. It's not know. very long. It's it's a little long, but he is in uh, uh, unreal in it. He's amazing. He's very- also in. He's in a lot of Spike Lee movies. Just like his thing. Really. Spike Lee casts him a lot. Interesting. I don't know that. He's actually. in Malcolm X. Oh, I remember that. He's, yes, I yeah. remember that. Um, I'm just looking forward to this. He's Blade. in School Days. I'm pretty sure because it's Mahershala Ali starring as Blade oh, and great cast already. I mean, you, you got Delroy Lindo and Mahershala Ali already good cast. I'm looking forward to this movie definitely. And anything else on this, Davis? I got I got two more bits of news before we go. Uh, yeah, no, I got nothing. All right, so live action Blade Runner series now in the work. I've not seen Blade Runner 2049, but I have seen the original. There's Blade also Runner. a cartoon Blade. There Runner. is a cartoon, which is why this specifies as a live action mm. series. It'll be probably going on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking forward to that. The world of Blade Runner is a fascinating one. I read the book uh, for my literature class freshman year by Philip K. Dick. Fascinating uh, story overall. I'm kind of looking forward to this. i got to watch Blade Runner 2049 first, obviously. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. And, man, I'll, it seemed like after a year where nothing was coming out, no movies in theaters, nothing, now things are really starting to ramp up again. I feel like they're doing too much of the trying to expand on lore. Like, you're like, oh, you know, everybody likes this movie. Let's make a TV show I think, about I it. I think if there's a, if there's a story there and a good story, go right ahead. What's the story there? I don't know. That's why it's in the works. There's not re- anything released yet. In Wait the, till the trailer. I mean, I guess the trailers I don't watch. Now you want to talk about something that's unnecessary? I'll get to our last bit right here. Jurassic World Dominion, the third Jurassic World film, released the first five minutes of the film. The film will set to release on June 10th, 2022, and it stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and B. D. Wong. I'm so unexcited for this film, Davis. I mean no disrespect to our friend of the show, Anna, who is a huge Jurassic Park fan, but good heavens, I do not want to see this movie. Davis, what do you, you're, you're looking on your phone right now. Do you, uh, yeah, do you, I don't. You don't even care I'm at not, this point. I don't care about Jurassic Park. Any of them? You. You I mean, like, like the I like I like the first one, but I'm not a big dinosaur fan, so there's nothing really bringing me back to them. This the opening of this movie is literally just a bunch of dinosaurs running around, and then it's like, oh, a T-Rex invades a drive-in. Hee <laughs> hee, and everyone's like. I think they're just I'm doing a a hand signal of milking. This this one this one actually I just remembered it now. So in this one it so part of what these movies have done is they've tried to say that the T-Rex from the first movie is the same T-Rex that was in Jurassic World 1 and Jurassic World 2. So in this movie it opens with in the past 65 million years ago a T-Rex dies. And then a mosquito sucks its blood and gets frozen. So we're supposed to assume that that T-Rex is the same T-Rex together. So it's like trying to connect lore between a dinosaur? I don't understand. It seems unnecessary, Dave. You think the dinosaur, when, so imagine you just drop dead. And then I'm cloned again. And a mosquito, do you have, is that like a new you? Is there a residual effect? Yeah, or is that, do you remember, like, do you go to sleep and you wake up right then? Maybe that's what Jeff Goldblum will be there to explore. That's the only thing I'm excited for. He'll just lay there with his shirt off or something. Uh, I'm excited for Jeff Goldblum to, Goldblum to be there because he always plays the same character in every movie, Davis. He's Quirky, always the smartest guy in the room. Sarcastic. Hilarious. Yes, I love it. 
I'm excited for he plays just the fly Jeff in the fly. Scene. He does. I haven't seen that movie. It's kind of weird, apparently. He's also in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He's not very smart now when he dies. Oh, so he doesn't play the same character. Anymore. Well, okay. That was early in his career, okay? 1978, oh, okay. 1978. All right, let me tell you that much. Um, any other big news that you saw, Davis, that I missed in this extensive news episode or news filled episode 33 minutes of news we discussed anything else that i missed you're looking at some with a weird expression on your face uh i don't have anything else i was looking at something pertaining to what we're about to talk about ah so as davis said at the beginning of the episode we teased it a christmas episode but what kind of christmas episode would it be without a discussion of die hard we will be looking at this film overall davis had never seen it before and then we'll be talking about whether or not this film fits Christmas movie criteria. So the movie stars Bruce Willis as John McClane, Alan Rickman, who we mentioned earlier from the Snape reference, as Hans Gruber, Alexander Godunov as Carl, uh, Bonnie Bedelia as Holly Gennaro, hyphen McClane, Reginald Vell Johnson as Sergeant Al Powell, an LAPD police officer, Paul Gleason as Dwayne T. Robinson, the LAPD deputy chief, De- Devorah White as Argyle, the limousine driver. William Atherton as Richard Thornburg, the awful TV reporter that I'll discuss in a moment. Clarence Gilliard as Theo, the tech specialist for Hans Gruber, who I, yeah, we, we'll talk about him in a bit as well. Hart Bachner as Harry Ellis, the most annoying character in this film outside of Thornburg. And the film is directed by John McTiernan and screenplay by Jeb Stewart and Steve E. DeSozo. And based on a book, Nothing Lasts Forever, by Roderick Thorpe. So, Davis, you had never seen this movie before. Is that correct? That is correct. So, what exactly were are your, you know, immediate thoughts? You watched the movie. What are you thinking? Well, well you what did you think of the movie, Davis? As you, as you definitely know, I'm not sure if the people at home know, I'm not a big action movie fan. That's true. Davis is not the biggest action movie fan, while me, on the other hand, my family, we love the dumb action movies. Uh, I don't I don't hate them, but, like, if there's, if there's, if there's like, an action movie or, like, a drama on, I'm usually going to choose the drama to Interesting. watch. Yeah, that's fair. I like, I like to get my heartstrings tugged at. That's fair. That's fair. And because the thing is with me, a lot of action movies are just kind of like, like you said, they're dumb action movies. I'm not going to say they're all dumb, but like a lot of them just like, they really lay everything out. They don't really have any, a lot of subtlety to them, which I don't think is a bad thing all the way through. But, you know, I do like a little subtlety sometimes, like the art of storytelling. Right. But, you know, uh, for this movie... I loved it. I think I think oh. it has subtle, it had subtlety. It had fun moments with action moments. It had good storytelling. It didn't just lay everything out to you. And then it had the quiet moments with the character. Yeah, I, I really like this movie. Let's go! I was so worried. Did I was so I was, I was like, what am I gonna do when Davis hates Die Hard? Because like, if it's a if it's a good movie, I'm gonna like it most of the time. Yeah, but I mean, I like a lot. Like the thing is, I like so many of these action movies. They all kind of blur. I'm like, all right. I enjoy watching Die Hard as much as I enjoy watching Armageddon. I know they're on a different level, but to me, it's just as fun. So when I watch, it, I was like, "Oh, this is the great." The thing is with me watching like dumb, dumb action movies. Like I guess, like I'd say Transformers, maybe Armageddon, like, is Michael one of them. Bay movies. Yes, like you know, like it's the action's entertaining, but then like they start talking and you get on your phone because you're like, uh, "I don't like." Really, like I don't care a lot of saying. the recent Netflix released action films, yeah, I would like, say are like that. Six Underground falls into that category. I usually end up on my phone and then I won't see any of the action. I won't care. But like this That's one, I actually cared about the characters. I was interested in what, what what the plan of Hans Gruber was. Yeah, I like this movie. I will say, I thought it was also kind of funny. And also one thing is, I, I, I had not seen it in a while. I was shocked at how awful every police officer was except for McLean and 
even uh, Sergeant Al. But then again, Sergeant Al is kind of a suspect backstory on this one, Davis. I don't, he shot a kid. Like that's the thing is there's there's a sort of heartfelt I say in quotes because it kind of took me out of the story for a second moment where he's talking to John McClane because okay, set, to set up people who haven't seen the movie because I know it kind of hurts when we jump around a bit without giving context to those who have never seen because we've talked about a lot of movies. So essentially the way this movie works, we're going to talk about the plot a bit before I get into the, what I was just talking about, is John McClane is visiting his wife, Holly, in California. He's a New York police officer. And the implication that we learn early on is that she goes by Holly Gennaro because they're having some problems. They're a bit on the rocks. She asks her maid to make up the guest room for McClane to stay, not, you know, the bedroom, mm-hmm. even because they are married. And that's essentially the background as McClane is visiting her place of work, the Nakatomi Plaza for the Nakatomi Corporation for their Christmas party. And as he is there, that is when Hans Gruber and a group of robbers in break in and hold the entire Christmas party hostage. While McLean escapes and essentially is in the background trying to save the people there and doing his job as a police officer, trying to alert fellow officers and get some help, but also trying to, you know, save people by killing the ho- the uh, terrorists is what they're called. But in reality, they're not terrorists at all. They're actually bank robbers, which is one of the things I love about this movie is the fact that their plan is never on display until the moment they get to it. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what Hans's plan is up until the moment he says, you want the miracle? I got the miracle. And everyone's like, what? This dude's so smart. I love it. But that's how the movie sort of goes. And, the- and how he meets Sergeant Al is because who is played brilliantly, by the way, um, by Reginald Vell Johnson. Love Reginald Vell Johnson pretty much everything he's ever been in. Really great actor. Um, so essentially, uh, McLean, who they all call him McLean, but he's John McLean, played by Bruce Willis, goes to the roof and alerts the you know dispatchers. They send one cop to search, and that's when McLean throws a body off the building to land on the car to freak out Sergeant Al, but then alert him that there's something wrong. And then they sort of communicate back and forth, and... He knows him as Roy up until his uh, McLean's identity is revealed because he knows that Gruber and them are all listening. And then there's this moment where, you know, they're just talking because McLean is kind of going through the ringer. Like, I think one of the things that I love about this movie is that he's out of his depth. You know, he's not... He has he, no shoes. He's not Rambo. He is not Lethal Weapon, right? He is He's a normal NYPD cop. He's not... You know, there's nothing in the background to say... This is the guy. You know, he's not this super amazing, yeah, I fought in this war or that, and now I become a cop type nonsense. He's just a cop. And I really like that, that he's not this superhero. And he kind of becomes that in the later movies, which kind of, it sort of loses its luster that's, a bit. That's how a lot of action, like Rambo did that. The first movie was about a guy with PTSD try, running away from cops that were exactly. trying to hunt so, him down. But then it just, after that, it just came like a... And when I, when I say Rambo, I was referencing the later films because that's the ones we know. Yeah. That's the one, and... Lethal Weapon doesn't do that, but that's that's another good example for the cops. They're superhuman. And it's like, this. I like that it's more grounded in the fact that he's just a guy who do, doesn't really know what he's doing. It kind of makes them as, we, as he goes. Um, and he is sort of just he talking. to himself a lot. He's kind of crazy. He is. That That's that's just kind of funny. I, it it kind of makes it for the, I think it was honestly a lot of improvisation. I'd talk to myself if I were doing that. Uh, I'd talk to myself just in, in general walking it, around. It might, I mean, at that point, it almost you have to do to keep I'd yourself probably sane. look insane to people. And that's why, he's, that's why he talks to Al so much because he just needs something to keep him sane through this insanely traumatic experience. And in that, he sort of makes this joke about why Al is behind a desk and not, you know, walking the street as a detective. And then Al mentions how he shot a kid. Because he thought he thought it was a ray gun, but it he thought it was a real gun, but it was actually just a toy ray gun, and he shot him, and he hasn't been able to fire his weapon since. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of supposed to be heartfelt, but like, that's a bad thing, right? I mean, it is, and that's uh, like a thing that happens. Yeah, and it happened back then too. 
Exactly. It's just a weird thing to kind of throw in there and be like, oh, you have to feel for this cop. Because like when he said that, I was like, I don't feel for you that you shot a kid. If I say, you made an awful mistake, but like we shouldn't hope you should get back out there. I don't know. It's kind of just like a... I feel like you probably should have lost his job. I, I get that you were racked Personally, with, from like, my personal perspective. I feel for him in the fact that naturally he's going to be racked with guilt, but he's supposed to be. Yes. I, it was odd. It was odd. It kind of... Because everything else Al did was hilarious. I love the character outside of that moment. That kind of was like, like huh? They could have made it something else. They, they easily could have. That was a very odd way to take the story. And I want to get but to that no, point. Now that I'm thinking of what else it could have been, I don't like nothing know. is as, as ex, like there's nothing else there's, that there, could set him up to not want to fire there's his There's the trope. There's the trope of you know your partner got shot, and that was like you know. I guess. Or so. you know, there's always the trope of I, I I've never been able to like he always froze regardless. That's you know, fair. like like that's that that's a more common trope. Well, I'll say I say I'll say they they went they went bold with it. It's it's a unique version of telling the story i don't know about it i don't know if it book. sticks the landing that's that i'm very i've never read the book i do want to now because i'm very curious how much it parallels but that was just an interesting interesting way for it to go i was kind of surprised by that um but davis what you you said that you liked it what are some of your bigger takeaways from this movie some of the things you really enjoyed because i've seen this movie a million times so i could talk about a million different things uh first the biggest the biggest thing to me was how awesome al alan rickman was in it as Hans yes Gruber. yes I loved it. Yes, and Go throughout on. this movie, I, I mean, I was watching. I wasn't really taking notes. I was just kind of taking it and just kind of watching it. And uh, there was one thing that I like. I was sitting there when he when he killed the first guy, the first German guy, and I was like, I wonder if he, they're gonna even mention the shoes because he wasn't wearing his shoes. Oh, he yeah. was like, oh, the first guy I kill has shoes small, feet that smaller than my sister. I was like, wow, they, you know, they didn't have to mention that. I didn't think. I thought they're just gonna be like. Not even mentioning he's gonna be shoeless the whole movie, and then they actually mentioned. I was like, well, now that I know that they actually put some care into this movie, yeah, because it was actually I like the cre- the clever thing of introducing that odd thing on the plane to then lead to him not having shoes, to then lead to the shoot the glass moment. Like it that was also connected, and I was surprised by that because most of these movies that fill this style aren't. Mm-hmm. They just aren't. They never. They rarely have that much connection. That that's a good point. Actually, that was one of my favorite moments as well when I noticed that because I'd not seen the beginning in a long time. Actually, like the opening part with uh, Argyle and with the plane. The yeah. The one of my biggest issues with it is Ar. I like the I like the character of Argyle, but I feel like he's a little unnecessary. I get. I guess he had to beat the guy up in the getaway van, but uh, other than that, he's just really sitting down there. He kind of fits as this sort of Deus Ex Machina, where he's like, ah, he's here as a means to stuck. Because how's McLean supposed to get all the way down there and know what's going on? I think he would, yeah, they're they like, oh, he's conveniently locked down there because he's going to wait. It's kind of a, oh, that's convenient for convenience sake and convenient yeah, for guess. convenience sake. And like, I do he, like the character. He, he was won't, fine. like, he won't ram his, uh, his limousine through the gates earlier to escape, but he's like, oh, these guys are bad guys. Let me hit their truck, punch the dude, and then ram through the gates anyway. It's like, hmm, that's a little interesting. It's like, you could have driven through the gates. He played Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. He did. He's, and that was, that was hilarious. This I, is a Christmas song. I, yeah. And which will, will be played on Are You With That Christmas episode oh, next week. Oh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to I that I know that one, people Davis. listening on in the future, or in the present for you, won't be able to listen to my live hip-hop show that's going to be Christmas songs, Christmas hip-hop songs, which is a strange genre as it, it is. is. It is, and, and will certainly be explored on the show today. No, next oh, week. Oh, ne- next week. That's right, next week, next week, which will be the, the upcoming Monday then. I think it'd be Monday the sixth. Exam week for yes, us. Yes, exam week for all of us, uh, all of us students. Also, I was surprised at how funny the movie was. Yeah, to, uh, and had some good laughs, some good jaunts. Yeah, the this is Aiden Johnson, and 
I'm Agent Johnson. This is Agent Johnson. No relation. No, no relation. That, that was hilarious. That was then like then a psych, him, that was like a psych moment. Then he calls him. He's like, "This is Agent Johnson." No, no, the other one. <laughs> However, then, um, then like I was kind of taken aback by how awful the FBI agents were. Like awful we'll people. Set, we'll, we'll lose 25 percent of them. I'm okay with that. So I've got the quote here. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, figure, figure, we take out the terrorists, lose 20, 25 percent of the hostages, tops. I can live with that. And he said, "Whoa, just like Saigon." I'm like, "What the heck?" I uh, overall the cops in this besides McLean and uh, uh, Al to an extent were terrible. Yeah, like Dwayne. What who, was that? The that, one? that was the police chief who yeah. was like, oh. "Hey man, I'm just gonna send my guys in to die." Everyone's like, "Uh, good luck with that." Yeah, I one could say this is an anti-cop movie. How badly they're portrayed. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're portrayed horribly in the whole movie. They're portrayed pretty incompetently. Besides the rogue cop. I'm about to say, this is like the one guy who bucks all the rules, essentially. He's and even <laughs> there was like one moment in the movie where he was talking about like, oh, he was like, "You're not gonna hurt me, right?" And he's like, and then he does, and he's like, "This, that's what my boss." Or he's like, he's made it. He made a joke about how he doesn't listen to his boss about not hurting suspects. Yeah, and I was, I was like, like, "Whoa, what the, what the?" Also, I will say one thing that um was kind of, and this this is just reminding me of like what I was thinking negatively in the movie, just to get this out of the way, is like. I thought the first death was kind of whack. Like, they fell down the stairs. Like, oh, he's, like, you didn't know if he was dead or not. You're like, is he dead? Like, they just fell down the stairs. Everything else totally measured up to par in terms of the ridiculous action. Not to mention just it was all very clever in terms of the way they did it. The throwing the C4 down the elevator shaft to then take out the rocket launcher. Genius. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it also told a pretty compelling story. Again, the villains are good. The, it's a it's a clever antagonist who knows what he's doing. The shoot the glass idea is genius. Remembering because he just met him when he changed. He, yeah, when he changed his voice. Oh my gosh! That I so, didn't I didn't expect. So that. fun fact, actually, um, that was the first scene Alan Rickman shot when they got on set, and that was they shot it without rehearsal to create that sort of unfamiliarity. And actually, when he jumps down from the uh, area that he was up, remember because he jumps down and he sees him, he actually hurt his leg and had to. And was ordered on bed rest. So every other subsequent scene after he's that, sitting. He, he's he's not, or he's standing on one leg. Mm. He's just he's standing and has his other leg in a brace up. So he's just standing on one leg for the rest for other mo- most of the other parts of that movie. At least subsequent scenes, not all of them, because eventually it did heal up. But like a lot of the initial stuff that they filmed after the fact. But that was the first scene they filmed, which I thought was awesome. And one of the one of the fun facts I knew about this before even watching it was that like when he falls at the end of the movie. I, you've probably heard this before, but they 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 told him like we're gonna drop you on three, and they do it on two, and that's to why get that he shocked gets so face. Su- he gets so surprised, which yeah. I think is pretty, pretty. I think it's funny. great. I think it's great. Also, hold up, that reminds me of the fall. How about the fact that he falls from the wa- the watch that um Holly has on her wrist, which is even referenced earlier in the movie. A brief moment, the worst character in the history of cinema, except for Thornburg. Ellis references this really nice watch mm-hmm. that he just gave Holly. And that even co- everything's it's all connected. Chekhov's gun. It is. It's all connected. I love it. I love it so much. Um and yeah, that that was that was great. Rickman is so good in this movie. I like so Alan Rickman a lot. Rest in peace. Yeah, I mean, what a, what an incredible actor and this is no this is no different. I mean, you know, he's incredible. I didn't even realize it was Alan Rickman until you said it a minute ago. Really? I did I didn't. He, I it is, did it is very young, 1988. Um but Alan Rickman just awesome in this movie. We talked about Harry Potter earlier. He's amazing as Snape for all those movies. He's amazing in this one as well. Like, just 
a really incredible performance and a really clever performance. You know, he sells the idea that he's not giving away his whole plan. And I love the fact that nobody knows what's going on. Like, he's like, everything's going according to my plan. What is your plan? Oh, wait. And the plan is genius, right? To pretend to be terrorists, to distract them, to then get what you need, to just be a basic robber. And then the fact that he has a bit of an ego because Holly says, you're nothing but a common thief. And he says, no, I'm an excellent thief. I liked that scene as well. I was like, just simply, you know, okay, he's a bit, you could tell he's a bit of an egomaniac, in part. And not to mention, like, you know, when he's inter- interrogating Mr. Takagi, and he's like, give me the code, and Takagi says, you'll just have to kill me, and he says, okay, and just shoots him? That was crazy. Not to mention very graphic. The movie deserves its it, rated R rating. This one is graphic, but the second one's even more graphic to me. You watched the second one? I thought we were supposed to watch the second one. Uh, I mean, we were just—I was just I talking about the, the second one. Wow. Okay, we, we could I thought we were talking about both of them. We, I took notes on we it. We can absolutely talk about the second one. Um. Wow. <laughs> I I was I was under the impression we were just focusing strictly on the first one. I almost texted you. Was like, do you want me to watch the second one? And I just watched it anyway. Oh which my I gosh. also really liked. Oh, there we go, Davis. You like the third one too, then? Because Samuel Jackson. Then it's I'm great. not convinced. I like the third one. I feel like it's kind of it's run its course. It's got for me. Jeremy Irons. Just because it has people in it, I feel like... the For what it's worth, on IMDb, I don't want to cite IMDb as a reference, of course, the first one gets an 8.2, the second one gets a 7.1, and the third one gets a 7.6. Mm. So the consensus is that that one's actually a bit better. I don't know. Uh, but, sorry, we, we can talk about that in a second, but uh, could you t- talk a bit more about that and why it's so much more violent? Because I remember parts of it, but... Well, the first one, like, people die, of course, but, like, in the second one, like, one dude gets his throat slit, another guy gets a... Uh, uh, icicle in his eye, and then even John McClane's like, ugh. And then the plane crash and everybody dies, because I was watching it. I, I watched the first one. I didn't take any notes. Right. And then I was watching the second one, and then the plane crashed, and everybody died. I was like, okay, I got to take notes. Because I, I literally wrote, my first note was, oh, that's my second note, because I, I really thought they were going to save the British plane. I thought it was going to be like, he saves them, they all get off, but like, they didn't. It was crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, what a turn that took. Yeah, and then, and then like, I remember I was watching my mom, she's like, oh, they're just going to crash, then the engine explodes. I'm like, nope, nope, they're, they're going down, and then it just combusted, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Uh, yeah, we could certainly talk about both, but I mean, if, if you would like. I, I just I did not, with it. I, I did not come prepared to talk about uh, both, we don't to be have honest. To. If, you, if you're not prepared, uh, hey. I've would... seen a million times, though, <laughs> so I, I certainly can, if, if you would like. Why, why don't we wrap up our thoughts on the first one first, then go on to that one for a discussion as well. So, what are your big final thoughts on that first movie, Davis? Um, hmm. I mean, you you just saw it for the very first yeah. time. Yeah. You know, uh, I really liked it. I think that it does all the action things well. All the things I like in action movies well. It checked all the boxes for me. It made it enjoyable. It had an actual story. It cared about the story it was telling. It cared about the characters as well. They weren't just, like, mindless muscle heads beating each other up. Yeah. They were pretty flawed. Uh, There was a few cop moments where there was like oh yeah i shot a kid that's that was a little weird that was we that was that, that was that was a little dicey as we discussed uh i will say i did like the fact that mclean and holly's story is on the background mm-hmm. like they're not constantly communicating you know like that's like the kind of trip is like she would have a walkie-talkie he would have a walkie-talkie and it's like oh my gosh we're so in love it's like i like it it's kind of on the back burner i will say though what did you think of the reporter thornburg uh i could tell he was supposed to be like his character was supposed to be sleazy like that was his whole thing I didn't really see that until the end, and when the wife punched him. And what, the second what about, one, he's a lot more. What about when he me. goes to the nanny and says, "What if I call the IHS?" Oh yeah, I do remember that. That yeah. was I. So okay, so I will say, um, 
In the second one, he's exponentially worse. Yeah, he's- that that's clear. They ramp it up a thousand. It's all he's also the jerk in Ghostbusters, by the way, for those who have seen that film. Um I will say I think he's kind of supposed to be, you know, maybe he's just a reporter doing his job. Maybe he's just trying to, you know, be the guy there. Is it a commentary on reporters? Uh, yeah, easily. <laughs> and then and then I think the moment when he says he says he says fine and tells cameras to back up and then he says, What if I call the I I think that's supposed to be the moment. Ugh, I don't yeah, think I don't I think like it's that. supposed to be as comprehensive as the second one where he is he is jerk number one from the from the first moment to the end of the movie. I think in this one it's more he just seems like a reporter trying to get the story. A little, a little bloodthirsty and trying to get the first. He's trying to get the like the the main host job. Yeah, I, I, in part. In the I second think one, so. he's like, oh, uh, some syndication for me or whatever. Yeah, but I think I think it's supposed to be sort of. And nobody likes him 50, at the radio 50. station. True, yeah, the, the, movie, yeah, the that, t- news that, station. That is hilarious as well. I think it's supposed to be sort of 50-50, and then that moment is like the twist the knife in. Okay, this dude is bad. Yeah, like. Awful. He gets tased in the second one though, so which is which is great. Um, yeah, but I oh my gosh, I hated Thornburg. And then Ellis, oh my god, how about the how about the him doing cocaine and then McLean's like you missed some. I, I, like, didn't, I didn't see that part. I, I, was, I saw when he checked the desk. I didn't hear him say you missed. Yeah, something. and then he did, and, and and then of course I was like, and everyone's like, what the? Yeah, he kept doing that. Yeah, that obvious. was that was oh my gosh, that was. That I was, did like the moment where he was. The two moments where he was, where he like told Hans who John McClane was, and he was like, "Oh yeah, he's my friend." So first of all, he protected his wife. True, he did. But then, uh, then John McClane's like, "Don't tell him you're my friend. I don't know this guy." Which I like that moment from John. He was trying to save the j- jerk. I almost said a different word there. I mean, yeah, but he, he sold him out. He did. Yeah, he sold like, him out. He, even then, he tried to save him because he knew what Hans Gruber was going to do to him, and he in fact did yeah. shoot him in the head. Because Hans does not mess around in this movie, man. What? Also, also, how about? I think I really like. Um, sorry, this is, I'm just th- jumping around to so many points. I like the ending specifically when Holly sees him, sees McLean, and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, because I think you know, with these action movies, these characters feel so invincible. It's like, oh, they're fine. But in this movie, he takes a beating. Like the scene when he's just ripping glass out of his feet Ugh. is awful. And he's not again. He's out of his depth, and I like that scene because it's like it's something like this dude has taken an absolute hammering from these people, and he would look like this, you know. I mean, he just looks like an absolute machine because the fact that he's still standing there, and then of course the incredibly clever plan of using the gun with no ammo twice. Not to mention, I loved the che- the two the two verbal chess matches between Hans and McLean when they're talking on the radio first, and when they meet. And they're they're both like he uses the names the the list of names to test and then Hans clearly sees that name and uses it and it's like oh my gosh it's great and then giving him the gun it's just perfect it's just perfect I I really like this movie man I'm yeah. glad you did too I I really enjoyed it that's great my mom's gonna be so happy to hear that actually because she loves these movies my mom and I watch the first two all the time around Christmas but we'll get to that discussion at the very end of the show won't you think I think so so Davis. You've seen it more recently than I have, Alan. I mean, I saw Die Hard very recently, actually, so that's why I figured it was fine. But why don't you take it away, the, uh, what you got on Die Hard. Tell us, tell us a bit about this movie, Davis. Die Hard 2? Or Die, Die Hard 2, excuse me. Yes, Die Hard 2. Is this one, oh, it's Die Harder. Yes, it is Die Hard 2, Die Harder. The titles are hilarious. Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, Die Harder the Vengeance, A Good Day to Die Hard. Live Free or Die Hard. Live Free or Die Hard as well. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed this one as well. I really like the plot of the villains in this mm, one. Yes. I thought, I mean, like, you could probably poke a lot of holes in it, I bet. Like, why, why not just hijack the plane? Or why not just, I guess you can't really hijack it. It's like a prisoner escort. Yeah. Why not stop them when they get off, but they had escorts there? 
Uh, maybe maybe I can't poke holes in it. I'm not really big on nitpicking and poking holes myself. There you go. There you go. But uh, I like like I like the uh, the creativity of the plan. It was a good set piece of shut like taking over the airport, not letting by land as like like you have five planes worth of hostages. Uh, I think. I I mean yeah I can't really I'm not even really thinking of any criticism. I really like this one as well. John McClane still feels pretty human. Uh, it opened up with him getting a ticket on his car. Yeah, which was nice. That it was, was pretty funny. funny. Uh, and I think Bruce Willis does good as this character. I'm still not the biggest fan of Bruce Willis. I like him in I like him in uh, Pulp Fiction. I really ah, like yeah. him in Twelve Monkeys. But like, other than that, he just takes any any job people give him now. True. And true. like I I feel like his heyday is way behind him. He doesn't really. I don't know. I I, I don't hate him, but I, I'm not the biggest fan of him. That's fair. That's fair. Um. Also, for those uh. Big, I love this movie specifically because uh, Dennis Franz plays the uh, unruly cop. You know, the, the one with the um, mustache who's always like angry at uh, oh, McLean, and he plays a cop. He played a cop in every major role of his life, and then he actually was cast a year later in the show called NYPD Blue, and he played the same character for twelve seasons. I will say, Davis, you should watch that show. It's twelve seasons. It's a long long term investment, but that show is one of my favorites. He's of in all Psycho Two. He wow, I did not know that, but he. He was in NYPD Blue, and that is, he essentially retired after NYPD Blue. He did it for 12 years and said, I'm done, and kind of went off the face of the earth, and I love it. And it's a great show, and he is the best part of that show, bar none. And I thought it was hilarious that he's in this movie, and he plays the same jerk character he plays in at the beginning of NYPD Blue. There's some growth there. There's some growth. Uh, but, yeah, I really liked I liked uh, the airport setting of this. It just I like how it upped the scale properly. You know what I mean? Like, sequels will always up the scale, right? Like, you know... We talk about dumb action movies, Transformers, right? Transformers one takes place in the city. Transformers two is in Egypt. You know they cross the world. It's a you know whole transcontinental expedition, right? I like how this one ups the scale in a more proper way. You know, okay, first it's terrorism at a, at a building. Now it's terrorism at an airport. It's yeah. Insanely ridiculous of you know we can crash any plane we want nonsense, but I like it. I also one of the notes I took is that because I, I remember when I started it when I was like oh I got to talk about this one too yeah. I was like, uh, I know they're gonna do the same formula again, and I, I was like, I hope they like give themselves a rib shot about it, like a, like a good, like a good. Oh, yeah, they, this guy. What they do? He goes like, like when he's like goes into the room to chase down those guys. When he's like, do some cops over here in this room. He's like, how does this happen to the same guy the same week in two years in a row? Or yeah. Whatever. I, I thought that I like that was that. I like I that, that it, it got it out of the way. It's like, yeah, we're doing it again. Yeah, he's aware. His wife even says it at the end is like, how can this many bad things happen to the same people? He's like, I don't know. And of course, the fact that Thornburg and Holly are on the same plane yeah. is also hilarious. I will say one thing I dislike about this movie is it plays into the classic trope of nobody believes him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And with that. I know it was part of you know the first film, right, with with Dwayne T. Robinson and the whole police team basically telling him to stop. Excuse me, but I, 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 it felt more in this movie, and I movie, and I don't like that. I don't like that trope in storytelling. It annoys me. It just, it just makes me angry. Like I know that's the purpose, right? You're supposed to be mad that nobody believes your character, but it just frustrates me more because it's like really this again, and they're doing it again and again. Now this one makes more sense, right? Because eventually the general who does ignore him more turns out right. You know he is the villain. Right, and that—that's also I really like that plot twist. What did you think about that plot twist and how it compares to you know 
the Hans reveal of this is my secret plan that nobody knew. What did you? How did you think this one stacked up? You talking about the the general? The fact that the general yeah. was working with him the whole time. That was I did not expect that at all. Yeah, to be honest with you. So what did you think when them uh, when the terrorists put in the blue uh, or the magazines with blue sticker or tape on them instead of red? I didn't really did you notice that. I noticed when he was like riding around on the the snowmobile and then he noticed the magazine. But I was like not – my attention wasn't 100% on this, I'll be honest, but I still was – most of it was on. I was still watching it. I still enjoyed it. And then what – he slit the guy's throat. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. That Right then I was like, okay, well, he's bad. It's pretty obvious. There's yeah. no other reason he would have done that. But then the when he fired the gun at David Franz, whatever his name was, Peter Franz, whatever, whatever, the cop. The, yeah, the, the, the Dennis Franz, cop, yes. Dennis Franz. When it was using the blanks, I, that was awesome. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, over the top, but it's that was cool. that. I thought that was awesome, and I, I love how, like he took that he took a risk because he was like just done with it, and I I think that was great. Um, and again, we talked about it a bit. What did you think about Thornburg in this one? Uh, he was a lot worse. Obviously, I've already kind of said that. Yeah, like ten times worse. He's reporting from the plane about the fact that they're all gonna die just so he can get his money, but like. He's like, He's like, this may be my final broadcast, and I, <laughs> and he gets tased, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that was that was what we all we got we got Holly to punch him, which was awesome in the end of the first movie, and we got it to happen again in this one. And also, we talk. I mean, you talk about a final climactic battle. The special effects in the original film, when Nakatomi starts blowing up, is are incredible. Which, by the way, the original Die Hard got nominated for four Oscars. Best sound, best film editing, best effects, sound effects editing, and best effects visual effects. So good for them. And the effects, I think, are just as good in this one. What did you think about the insane drops the lighter and blows up the entire uh, plane? It goes, whoa! I didn't. I didn't think. I, I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking that it the the flames probably wouldn't have caught up to it at that at the rate the plane because planes go pretty fast to take. Planes off. are like two hundred and forty miles an hour. I thought it was a pretty cool set piece, but I was like. Obviously, you got to suspend your disbelief, and I did. But I was yeah. like, eh. It's a bit. It's I, like a, it's it. I a thought bit, it was cool, but it's a bit I, on I, the more I didn't think it could Yeah, I I loved it though because it was so ridiculous, and I kind of liked how he didn't, you know, take down the whole plane himself. He just like because again, he's he's human, right? I I like the fact that that is sort of maintained. Like as easily, you know, you want to talk about other movies, Rambo. Rambo doesn't blow it up by accident with or with a clever plan and a, a cigarette lighter, Rambo goes in and takes over the whole plane and lands it and then gets them all arrested and says, I am Rambo, blah, 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 or whatever. I've never seen that. Rambo. I, I haven't seen the movies in I mean, so long, but like, I like how it's, you know, it's he's getting totally beat down by these guys that are more skilled than him, right? Mm-hmm. And it's more luck. And then it's like he is clever. I like that he outsmarts people rather than just outmans them because he's just one guy and he's one cop. But I, I like this movie just as much as the first one. I like the first three all a lot. I, I know I you said it's just people, but man, Samuel Jackson is awesome in Diary with a Vengeance. I think you'd like it at this at this rate. Now, will I recommend the fourth and the fifth one? No, because the fourth one is part of that, you know, remember when like Rambo and Rocky had remakes in like two thousand six and two thousand seven? I've seen most of the one with uh what's his Jai name? Courtney. Jai Courtney. That's the worst one. Yo Brenner. That's the worst one by far. Like I've seen most of that. I remember my dad was watching. I was like, "What is this?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Die Hard." Which, as a kid, I didn't really understand what Die Hard meant. Ah, uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So uh, you, can ima- you probably imagine what I thought it meant. I was about to say, yeah, not really, not re- not really clear on that one. Um, yeah, that that one's the worst one. I, I would say it's clearly the worst one. So with that in mind, but the fourth one's a bit weird. It's kind of like you know a more modern take. I don't know. I like it, but again, I like these movies. So that's 
my metric versus you know me saying I like an action movie does not necessarily mean much in my recommendation. But any any big things from your from your notes on Dire Two before we uh, move on, Davis? Um. Oh, here's my last thing. Thought I wouldn't like the sequel since I didn't think there was much they could do to follow up first, but I really enjoyed that one. Ah. And it made itself distinct from the first one with the idea of planes and adding the stress of his wife on the plane. There you go. There and you was, go. I, obviously, there's more to my thoughts than that, but that was just like what I wrote right after. I think I think, I think that's a great summary of the thoughts. I think I, I really I, – I would say this. You know, They're both fun and enjoyable movies, but they're all so good. Yeah. I think they're great at establishing stressful moments. I think you know, they're great at not making the heroes feel invincible. Right, you know, you, there's a lot of times like, is McClane gonna win? Is he gonna figure it out? He barely does half the time, and I like that. And he did, he did it. And now, Davis, it's time to have our biggest debate of the day. Not whether or not these movies are good, because we clearly come to a consensus on that, actually, which is pretty great. But do these movies qualify as Christmas films? I have a question here, Davis. What exactly are the requirements in order to be called a Christmas film? The fact that it's just set during Christmas is not a Christmas film to me. True. So, but what are the requirements? I will, I will concede that this movie does have some of the Christmas things, like you know about family, uh, I guess, holiday spirit. He says ho ho ho. He puts ho 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 on the first guy in the first movie. He writes it on him. But you know, for me, Christmas, like literally, when I think of a Christmas movie, I think of like not only it. I guess not set during Christmas. I guess so. Check the box for Die Hard on this one. But it also has a lot to do with Christmas. Like, I don't really care about Hallmark movies. I guess those are Christmas movies, I guess. But when I think of Christmas movies, I think of, like, Rudolph, uh, uh, Elf. Frosty, Elf. Um, a Christmas Story. Yeah, Christmas Story. That one's classic. Home Alone? Home, I'd say Home Alone is, yeah. Really? Why? Okay, but so the thing is, if, if Home Alone, Alone is, is in if Die Home Hard, Alone is that that is because I I was talking to Megan, I said it's Home Alone, and she said it wasn't, so therefore that's why she doesn't think Home Dire Alone is, a Christmas movie. is to me. It's set it's set during Christmas. It's like more set around Christmas than Die Hard is. Die Hard just happens to be during Christmas. It doesn't affect the plot, but the fact that Home Alone is set during Christmas does affect the plot because they're going away for Christmas, and he's left a home. But they wouldn't alone. be having the Nakatomi Christmas party if it wasn't Christmas. But that's that's really the, the fact that. is you that's can take it. Home Alone and put it at any time of year and it's still Home Alone. Uh, I feel like the fact that it's during Christmas is a big part of it. I mean, it's a family trip and it's snowing, right? So I guess that's that's the winter. But you know, it's a family trip and nobody's there. And that, I mean, you could do that during the summer. You could do that during the spring. All right, Alex, convince me that Die Hard's a Christmas movie then. I will say this. We polled some people around Weagle. Rio said yes, 100%. She said it before I finished the question without hesitation. Daniel said, I'll say yeah. Jack nah, told- not an, I will not take an I'll say yeah. That does not sound like he's fully I'm educated on the, the issue. I'm just quoting the people. I'm quoting the people. Was he fully educated on the issue? I don't know. I'm just saying. And I'll say I, yeah I, makes it seem like he is not. I'm so just say- scratch oh, that one okay. from the record. Scratch from the record. Jack told us to get better talking points. That's, that sounds like will Jack. Will said yes. Jacob Goins said, well, that is Will Root, that is. Jacob Goins also said yes. And then Megan said no. So, so far, the poll seems to be a consensus more yes I feel yes like this isn't no. a very comprehensive poll. You asked not. everybody that was in the bullpen at the time you were there. It, it, it is not very comprehensive, I'll admit. I think, okay, to me, a Christmas movie is a very loose... Um, I Okay, so a, a big comparison that this movie gets is Iron Man 3, right? You've seen Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Iron Man... Because the one thing about Dyer is it was released in July. It wasn't released around December, and Iron Man's the exact same way. It's like, why release this movie and have such a focus on Christmas if it's released in July? But I feel like this movie differs from 
differs from uh, I'm going to talk about Die Hard one specifically because I took more comprehensive notes on the Christmas on why it's Christmas a Christmas movie because I think it takes place around and Christmas is mentioned frequently throughout the movie. That's how I see it. But you could literally it didn't have to. It could have been a Halloween party. True, it been a New but Year's it wasn't. Party. It could have been a birthday party. But it, I think is I no, think, no, you can't say. But I, it wasn't. But I it could have. I think it's, Home Alone is. So therefore, I think the same can apply in Die Hard. Therefore, is and. No, but you I feel that like about a lot of movies. But no, 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 you. I feel like you couldn't just make the Home Alone be like a New Year's trip, or like you could. I don't think it could because the fact could. that it was, it was because the fact that it was winter played into it. Like it was holiday season, there was nobody home, so they're going around robbing presents and robbing homes, stealing presents and stuff. The wet bandits. They're called. You know what they call the wet bandits because they turn on all the sinks. Yeah, I, I, I know, Davis. I've seen the movie. But yeah, I just feel like Home Alone is more... It, it being Christmas is more important to... I haven't seen Home Alone in a long time. I've not seen it in a long time myself It's more important to the plot than it is to well, Die Hard. I think Die Hard's a Christmas movie because of this. But I, I, you know what? I'll concede Home Alone's not a Christmas movie if you have to. If I have to stay strictly to my logic. Because we've got, we've got Christmas... Merry Christmas mentions at the beginning. Holly mentions that it's, no, no, that no, no, it's no, no, Christmas no. Eve, Chestnut, the family. You got Christmas music playing throughout. I mean, you've got... No, you just because people mention... Just because it has an allusion to it doesn't make it a Christmas movie. I, I, to me, it is. It is a when I when I think about watching movies about Christmas, it comes to mind. Admittedly, there's an episode of Seinfeld where she says, "I just got New Year'd in February." Is that a New Year episode? Then I guess. Oh my goodness! I don't know. Also, Your logic is also flawed. Christmas is essential to the final battle because he sees and eyeballs the Christmas present area and uses the Christmas tape and wrapping paper to tape the gun to his back to he shoot on. He could use masking tape from a janitor's closet, but he didn't. No, but don't use don't use. But, but he didn't. He, but he didn't. Put, if it's so essential, but he didn't to it being Christmas that it can't be anything else. That's a Christmas movie. You cannot Rudolph can't be anything else. Elf can't be anything else. Polar Express can it be anything I, else? I I I just accept. You know, like I think it is because I just think it's I, it is a movie that I think of to watch during the Christmas time because I associate it with it because the times that I watch it. It is on during Christmas, and my mom and I will always get together and watch all three of them over Christmas break. That's what we do. I got a shirt. This is the Nakatomi Christmas party. I've seen it. You, you've seen it. The people have seen that shirt. It's a good shirt, I will say. Okay, look. Here's here's my final say on it. I'm, I'm on the fence. You've okay. moved me to the fence. The fence. Ah, is is the fence more out of frustration because you don't want to admit that Home Alone is not a Christmas movie? Uh, I'm just saying because I'm not sure because the Home Alone thing has got me questioning it. But I still it's don't a, feel it's like It's an Die interesting Hard. point, isn't it? It's I just don't point. feel like Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I, it's set during Christmas. I associate you can watch both. It. I, I, I'd be fine with watching it during Christmas, but I don't see it encompassing Christmas and it's in the walls of the movie. I do not see it, but my definition of a Christmas movie is something that I associate with the holiday and with the time. Uh, I don't. I that's, don't really have any like that's traditions how I where I watch it. But that's because you again, you you don't you said last week or two weeks ago you don't watch a lot of Christmas movies. We do. You know, we we watch Christmas story every time. You know, we 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 watch these movies as a family. So it's just different, I guess. I think it's, it comes to interpretation. The reality is it ain't the end of the world if you don't world if you don't think it's a Christmas movie. Now, do not allow that to dissuade you from watching the film because I think it's an enjoyable film. Davis, known action movie hater. I'm not a hater. I know. I was kidding. Not Known not to be a huge fan of action movies, which is a fair statement. I actually liked this movie because it is. It, it came from an era when action films were actually still being inventive and being creative and being enjoyable. Now, I think the mold is kind of, you know, 
been very cookie cutter esque. When you agree, Davis, you're squinting at something. You, you I was just looking. Something? I was looking at something on my computer. I couldn't tell what color it was. But yeah, it's they're now really cookie cutter. I mean, there's a few that break the mold. John Wick, I guess, was I've ha- really has seen broken John the Wick, mold. But I'd say that did. But uh, even it's starting its own thing where like Mr. Nobody was basically John Wick, but just old Bob Odenkirk. But, yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point. But older generation, I think that. 1980 to like 1998 was probably a good peak for action films. If you want to see some good ones, that's probably the era to go to, I would say. I agree with even, that. Even 1981 gives you your first Rambo, which, as you said, actually had something going on compared to just, what if I blow up everybody in the woods? Everyone's like, ah, yes, money. I do, but the thing is with uh, me not liking action movies, I do really like sports movies, specifically boxing movies for mm. some reason, because I love Creed. A lot. Davis is a big. I, I I'm kind of tired on the sports movie. Uh, There's some genre. Uh, yeah, they're, they're much more derivative than action movies like, to me. I, I even loved the Rockies, but the reason I almost can't don't like Creed as much. We've talked about this. The fact that it's like it's just Rocky. It's a little different, but it's all it all molds so much together. That's fair. So I mean, but hey, you know, to, that's the point. That's the point is to each their own, and that's that's been the point of these. Which is now this is now our 36th episode of Through the Lens, Davis. I think we gotta pop the champagne. We're nearly to 700 total downloads. Whoop whoop. Um, I think that's kind of the point is, you know, everybody can have their own opinions on these movies, and we may disagree vehemently on many things, including whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but I mean, you know, to each their own. And as always, you know, if you've got a movie you want us to watch, a movie you've seen a million times and would like us to see for our very first time, or a movie you'd like us to watch again and discuss for the first time ever, you can always reach out to us at Through the Lens, W-E-G-L, that's through underscore the underscore lens underscore Weagle on Instagram, and you can just follow along there. Uh, like any of our posts on any of the movies that we've discussed, let us know in the comments what you think of some of the movies we've discussed and DM us directly for any movies you'd like us to watch and review in the future. Again, next week, we'll be doing a war movie episode with Chris Tobias. It'll be Chris's last episode of Through the Lens, a known friend of the show and guest on many an episode, including Hereditary and Midsummer very recently. Davis, any final thoughts uh, on these two movies we've discussed or Christmas movies in general before we uh, say goodbye to the listeners? Yippee-ki-yay. Oh, got a lot of, a lot of iconic quotes in this in yeah. this movie. I will say, I love that. I love that part as well. I need I need some T-shirts on that. But again, we thank you for listening to our Christmas themed episode as we discuss two iconic in quotes Christmas movies in Die Hard and Die Hard to Die Harder. We hope you enjoyed. And if you have any thoughts on whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie, is not a Christmas movie, or is somewhere in between, you can let us know. And let us know in the comments when we post about it. You can follow along for at Weagle underscore AU for any updates on things, all things going on in WEGL. You can find all Through the Lens episodes and other podcast episodes and shows at WGLFM.com. You can find Through the Lens on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more wherever you get your local podcast. And again, we thank you for joining us. And we will see you all next week for the War Movie episode. But again, uh, early Merry Christmas and a Happy New oh, Year. Oh, oh, oh. Whoa.